Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, I'm Pastor Bill if we haven't met. It's good to be here together. Listen, today we're going to share in an important truth, and it's this. Forgiveness and restoration are available. And it has everything to do with the Word made flesh. That's Jesus, right? Why did God give us the Word? He gave us the Word to show us who He is, to show us what He's like. And check it out, to show us what we are like. He uses real stories that happen in real places and involve real people just like us. Now, why would he do this? Here's the answer. So we might turn to him and we might receive the grace we need. Listen, we're going to spend some time together today in Genesis. We're going to start by talking about and even reading about Joseph and his 10 older brothers. But my hope is this, that we're going to end our time together today by praising the name of Jesus. But before we do, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the gift of today. It reminds us of your grace and of your goodness, of your kindness, your mercy, your character that never changes. Lord, I pray that today in these precious few minutes that we have, Jesus, God, that we would hear from you. Lord, that we would understand what you're trying to tell us. And Lord, somehow, some way, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we might respond in a way that honors you. Lord, I pray today that we see you like never before. I pray that we are able to receive your grace, Lord. And then because of it, God, we leave this place, wherever this place is, God. We're in all sorts of different places around the world right now. But wherever it is, God, that we would leave and we would live for you. God, that we would worship you with our very lives. God, be glorified. We pray. Amen. All right, hey, we're going to hit the ground running here, all right? So I'm I'm forewarning you. But before we do, we got to answer a couple questions like, who is Joseph? All right, listen, Joseph is someone who lived about 4,000 years ago, meaning he's like 2,000 years before Christ. All right, he was the son of a guy named Jacob. Now, you might have heard of Jacob before in this way, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're the patriarchs of the Christian faith. Like, that's how God initiated this whole thing called Christianity. It was through them, like, 4,000 years ago, right? Listen, Joseph is the 11th born son of Jacob. All right, now check this out. Ready? We're hitting the ground run. I told you already. Here we go. Genesis 37, 18. But the 10 older brothers, they saw Joseph in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. What? Why would they want to kill their younger brother? Why did they hate this guy so much? Well, I got a couple good answers for you. They hated Joseph so much because, listen, he was daddy's favorite. All right, Jacob, in fact, gave him a robe of many colors, a special coat or tunic. He didn't give that to his other brother. And what did this robe signify? Not only that he was daddy's favorite, but listen, in one word it signified this, inheritance. All right, even though Joseph was the 11th born son, he was going to receive the lion's share of the inheritance. Now, it's supposed to go to the first, right? But it's not going to Reuben. 
In fact, it's not going to the second, which is Simeon. It's not going to the third, which is Levi. It's not going to Judah. It's not going to Dan. It's not going to Naphtali. It's not going to Gad or Asher. And it's not going to Issachar or Zebulon. It's going to the 11th son, Joseph. And it drove them bonkers. So much so they wanted to kill him. They hated him. Now, why else did they hate their younger brother? Well, they hated him because he was good, because he was selfless. And they, on the other hand, all right, they were bad and they were selfish. All right, and every time Joseph was around, any time Joseph was around, the difference between them was magnified. It made them look bad and they hated him for it. And then here's the icing on the cake. Here's the cherry on the top of the hate Sunday. This is why they really hated him. Because Joseph had dreams. God, yeah, God gave Joseph dreams. Two dreams in particular Joseph had where his brothers, all of them, would bow down to him. Now imagine that. They hated him already, and then Joseph tells them, hey, I had these two dreams, and in the dreams, you're going to bow down to me one day. I mean, they're just going nuts. They, they can't stand this, 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 this little guy, Joseph, this 17-year-old little pipsqueak. Like, we've got to take this guy out. So when they see him coming, they're like, here's our chance. Let's get him. All right? They were going to kill him. So that's what they were about to do. Until Reuben, son number one, speaks up. Reuben says this, let's not take Joseph's life. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Now, his brothers go along with this crazy idea because throwing someone in a cistern or this deep pit, well, that's pretty much a death sentence. So that's, that's why they go along with it. So Joseph finds himself in the pit. In this pit, it's dark, it's lonely, all right? He's, he's crying out for, for help. He's like, please save me. But nobody's replying to these, these cries that he's making. And listen, if nobody helps him, if nobody saves him from this pit, he's going to die there. Have you ever found yourself in some kind of pit? All right? If so, what are some of the things that you have thought in there? All right? Because certainly Joseph is thinking these things too. I'll list a few of them, all right? Because I've been in that place from time to time, to be honest. All right, here's some things. You start to think, man, it's just so confusing. How did I get here? All right, you start to think like, like, man, I'm just so sad. I can't believe that I was betrayed. I thought I could trust these people. And then those feelings start to turn into anger and resentment and bitterness and, and even vengeance, right? Like, like someone sinned against me, I'm going to sin back at them. And then here's where things get really sad. And they turn from, from that into self-esteem type stuff. You start to believe, man, maybe I'm supposed to be here. Maybe, maybe the wrong that was done against me wasn't so wrong. Maybe I deserved it. And then things get even uglier because not only do you start to doubt things about yourself, is you start to doubt the things that God has said about you. All right? God, do you really care about me? Are you really going to take care of me? Are you even there? Like Shanthony was talking about last week. Right? Are you even there, God? What's going on? And, and that's where things can get really ugly. Listen, Joseph is in the pit. But then Judah, son number four, Judah speaks up. And here's what Judah says. 
What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? All right? Come. Let's, we, we can turn this for, for, for good, right? Let's sell him into slavery. Now, his brothers go along with this idea because, listen, slavery, just like throwing him in the pit before, slavery is pretty much a death sentence as well. All right? Because Judah and most of his brothers... Listen, they have selfish motivations. They're living for themselves. All right, if, they can, if they can get rid of the guy who's going to receive the inheritance, they're going for it. On top of it, if they can collect a little bit of quan or, or money as, as they go, like, like they're in that, for, for, like they're going to do that too. They're not living for themselves. They're not living for other people. They're certainly not living for, for God. And that's where this sin snowball starts to roll and it's picking up speed fast because not only have they sinned against their brother but now they got to cover it up right so so they have his robe it's torn they kill an animal not to eat it not to sacrifice it but they they kill an animal to get the blood and then they dip the robe in the blood which is a series of lies right there and then they go tell their dad hey a wild animal killed killed Joseph. So they're lying there. And by the way, there's always like collateral damage. There's always fallout from, from sin, right? Their, their dad is like heartbroken because of this. But not only that, they continue to roll that sin snowball down the hill at a rapid clip because they got to live their whole lives according to this lie, right? They can't tell anybody about this. Nobody can ever find out. So their entire lives is literally anchored to this lie, and it perpetuates even more sin. Meanwhile, 17-year-old Joseph is rejected by his own family. He's thrown into the pit, and now he's sold into slavery. And Joseph enters an unpredictable season of his life that can only be described as this, a series of fantastic and terrific, and I don't mean that in a good way, really low lows, and really high highs. But after 13 years, God takes Joseph and he raises him up and uses him to save the world from starvation because there's a great famine going on. We'll get there in a second. And he raises up Joseph to a position of power and prestige in the world. In fact, Joseph becomes the most powerful person on the planet. He's second only to the Pharaoh himself of Egypt. And Egypt was the lone superpower of the day. Listen, nothing happens in Egypt unless Joseph gives the okay. Joseph is no longer in the pit. Joseph now is in the palace. And life is good. He's got health. He's got wealth. He's got power. He's got prosperity. What's more, God has helped him to heal what do I mean by that? Like he had a broken arm and now it's fixed? No, that's not what I'm talking about. Heal with respect to what happened with his brothers so many years ago. All right? More specifically, let's unpack that for a second. What does it mean to, to really experience the healing that God has for you? I would say three things. The first thing is this. Man, you accept what happened in the past. You may not be crazy about it, but you accept, hey, that happened. All right? The second thing is this. You're content with thing, where things are at right now. And then the third thing is, by God's grace, you choose to forgive those people who wronged against you. 
Once you have those three things, you've got healing in the fullest sense. It's a beautiful thing. All right? And Joseph, listen, Joseph is content because God has taken care of him. The evil that was done to him, Joseph recognizes that God is using it for good. Now, you might say, okay, I understand how Joseph is content, but, but how in the world did Joseph forgive his brothers? How do, you, how do you forgive someone of so much? Here's the answer. When you realize how much God has forgiven of you. When you, when you get a glimpse, just the smallest glimpse of, of the grace God has given to you, then and only then are you able to love others in that same way. Joseph chose to forgive his brothers. But as good as forgiveness is, you know what's even better? Full restoration. But it requires one, two, three things. Here's the things it requires. It requires honesty, it requires confession, and it requires a change. Now listen, we all know this. We've had a falling out with somebody. We've had somebody wrong us. Maybe we were even the one that wronged someone else. Listen, in our desire, maybe all parties, their desire is, man, can we get things back to the way they used to be? Can, can, we, just, can we just restore things? And, and the answer is no, we can't. Some things have to happen first, all right? Somebody wrongs you. They want them the things to get back, but you just can't do it. And make no mistake, as a Christian, if you wrong me, I'll forgive you 10 times out of 10. Man, I'll forgive you 70 times out of 70. You want to get really crazy, I'll forgive you 490 times out of 490 times. I'll do it. But you want me to trust you again? Uh-uh, I ain't doing that. <laughs> it would be so unwise for me to do that right away. And here's why. You got to be honest about what happened got to confess. we got to agree on, on what has taken place. And even if those two things have happened, we're still not going to experience this full restoration yet because, listen, if you're still acting like a knucklehead, if there's no change in your life, I'd be crazy to trust you at that point. So there's got to be honesty. There's got to be confession. There's also got to be a change in your life. It's only after those three things have taken place that it's wise for me to forgive you and restore us to the relationship we once had. It's only then that trust and relationship can be restored. This is true in families, marriages for sure, right? This is true in any friendship. This is true in any work context. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's true. Listen, Joseph has forgiven his brothers for what they'd done to him. But if it were possible, like if there's a way for this to take place, Joseph would choose this. Man, I want to I wanna experience full restoration with them. Now, watch what happens because God provides that exact opportunity. 22 years after Joseph is thrown in the pit, a famine is raging throughout the land. All right, here we go. We're going to get into Genesis chapter 42, verse 1. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you just keep looking at each other? Remember, there's this famine throughout the whole known world at the time, and pretty much Jacob and his family are starving, right? So that's why he's like, hey, there's grain in Egypt. Why do you just keep looking at each other? Verse 2, he continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. So, then 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin. 
why? Who's Benjamin, by the way? He's the 12th son. He's Joseph's only younger brother. Now, why did Jacob keep Benjamin with him? Because Jacob is still heartbroken over the loss of Joseph, his 11th son. And now, Jacob has a new favorite, and it's Benjamin, and he's not about to lose him as well. Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with the others because he was afraid that harm might come to him. Verse 5, so Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain, for there was famine in the land of Canaan also. Now, Joseph, this is, now it's in Egypt, Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So here's, here's the picture. People from all over the world are coming to Egypt because Egypt is the only one who has any food. Everyone else is starving, right? So, Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all his people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him. Hmm, interesting. They bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger. And he spoke harshly to them, saying this, Where do you come from, he asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. No, my Lord, they answered. Your servants, right? So this is the brothers talking now. No, my Lord, your servants have come to buy food. We are all the sons of one man. Oh, you're going to get a kick out of this. Your servants are honest men. Oh, we're so honest. Not spies? <laughs> now you might say, what in the world is going on right here? All right, listen. Through this and more, right? Listen, we, we see right from the text, Joseph recognizes him, but he treats him as strangers. He speaks harshly to him. He even, even accuses them of being spies. Through this and more, Joseph is testing his brothers. He's trying to see if they are indeed honest, if they're willing to confess. Joseph is, is trying to see like, has a change actually taken place? Man. And then, it starts to happen. Joseph is within earshot. And then, one, his brothers, start to speak honestly among themselves. Check this out. Genesis 42, verse 21. Here's what the brothers say in their little kumbaya circle, all right? They say, surely we are being punished because of our brother. Listen, Joseph is no longer in the pit. He's in the palace. But what we see here is the brothers, the ten older brothers, they had been living in the pit of their sin, of their guilt, of their shame. Check it out, for 22 years. That's not a good place to live, people. All right, That's not a good way to conduct your life, living in the pit like that. God had something better for them. And listen, God has something better for us as well. Forgiveness and restoration are possible and they're available. Right? Through a series of events, Joseph finds a way to get Benjamin to come to Egypt. And then once Benjamin's there, here's what he does. He finds a way to make sure that Benjamin has to stay, and he's forced to stay. This is when, two, Judah confesses. 
before Joseph. Check this out. So now the brothers, they're not in a little huddle right now. Now it's Judah speaking directly to Joseph. Now he doesn't know it's Joseph, right? But he's speaking directly to Joseph. Watch Watch what Judah says. How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. So now we've got honesty. Now we've got confession. And now, oh man, it's just, it's just beautiful. Now what's about to take place is three. We're about to see this change. Judah goes on in this eloquent speech, this beautiful, heartfelt speech. He goes on to demonstrate that he and his brothers, man, they've matured and they've changed. They're no longer who they used to be. They're no longer living for themselves. They're living for others. And they're starting to live for God, too. Let's check it out. Let's get back into the Word, into the Scripture, in chapter 45, verses 1 through 11. Then Joseph could no longer control himself, right? So he's, he's seeing these tumblers fall into place, right? There's honesty, there's confession, and now he's seeing this life change. He just can't take it anymore. Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. Because there's all the Egyptians in the room, everybody in his presence. Like, everybody get out of here. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers, they weren't able to answer him because they're, listen, they're terrified at his presence. Joseph looks like an Egyptian. All right, he's got a nice shaved head. All right, it looks good, doesn't it? Anyways, just kidding. Okay, he's got a nice shaved head. Right? He's got the, the eye makeup on, probably. He's like in all the Egyptian garb, all of that. And they're looking at him like, there's no way this guy's Joseph. Right? So they're terrified. They're like, what are we supposed to do? Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one whom you sold into Egypt. Now listen, they're terrified for a different reason. They're terrified because now they believe it's Joseph. But man, Joseph, he could just like, he could end it right now. He's got that power. They're just freaked out at that point. Well, Joseph continues to talk to his brothers. He says, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, listen, it's going to continue. There will be no plowing and reaping. Verse 7, But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Oh man, God is in control. Somebody ought to say amen in your cubicle or on your couch or in your car. You just say amen wherever you're at. God is in control. He made me father to Pharaoh. Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, listen, I'm telling you, you're my 10 older brothers, I'm telling you something, but but it's really important that you hurry home and you tell dad about this too. This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and your herds, All you have, I will provide for you there. 
huh, that sounds nice. I will provide for you there. Listen, Joseph is no longer in the pit. Now he's in the palace. And it's okay. He's telling his brother, listen, it's okay. The pit was the way to the palace. That's how I got here. And I want you to be here with me. You're forgiven. You are restored. And in case you missed it, here's what just happened. Not only did Joseph go from the pit to the palace, but his brothers now, they just went from the pit of their sin, guilt, and shame to the palace of forgiveness and restoration. Listen, the pit is the way to the palace. And remember this, the brothers, they're just like us. Listen, their guilt was great, but God's grace was greater. God provided them an opportunity to be honest, to confess, to grow from it, to make a change in their life moving forward. They received forgiveness from Joseph, and their relationship with him was now restored. And we have that same opportunity today. Listen, some of us have been carrying around this guilt and this shame from a sin we committed or a sin that was done to us so many years ago. But God is giving us the opportunity right now, right? In this week to come, maybe, to do something, to be honest, to confess, to have that conversation that we need to have with that person who was affected, whom we harmed or who harmed us. That forgiveness and restoration, full restoration, that those things might occur. This week, I hope you'll take that step. I hope you will choose to walk with the Holy Spirit and do it for Jesus to take that next step in your faith. God is giving us an opportunity for forgiveness and restoration with other people, yeah. But he's also given us the opportunity to experience forgiveness and restoration with him as well. We have that opportunity to confess our sin, right? Being honest with him that he might forgive and restore us to full relationship. Man, you see the brothers, they're just like us. But Joseph, don't miss this, Joseph is just like Jesus. Think about it for a second. All right, he was loved by his father. He was hated by his brothers. He was rejected. He was betrayed. He was sold for the price of a slave. Yet God used him to save the whole world. How about that? He was in a position of power. He could have executed judgment in the snap of a finger. But he didn't. Instead of taking life, he chose to give it. He chose to give it. God is showing that in the same way Joseph forgave and restored his brothers then, Jesus is able to forgive us and restore us today. Jesus entered the pit of our sin, of our guilt, of our shame, but he is in the palace of paradise now, and he wants for us to be there with him. Listen, if you've never trusted Jesus to save you from your sins, simply be honest with him. Confess. He will forgive you. He will restore you. 
right, if you're a Christian already and you're coming to Jesus for like the hundredth time today, right, and the day's pretty early maybe, listen, if you're honest with him and you confess, he will forgive you and restore you to right relationship. He tells us this in his word, right? If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He will. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. I want to end with this. This might be the one thing that you really want to remember here today, all right? For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus became just like us, listen, so that we might become just like him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is true. All right, that there's people in there that we can just say, man, I'm just like them, or they're just like us. God, thank you that your word is Christocentric. In other words, your word continues to point us over and over and over again to Jesus. God, thank you for forgiveness and restoration that are available because of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be forgiven and to be restored to you, Lord God. For those who believe in you, Jesus, and are trusting you to save them for the first time today, Lord, I pray that, God, you would receive them. I pray, Lord, that you would receive them as they receive you. Take them from the pit of their sin, their guilt, their shame, Lord God, and deliver them to the palace in paradise, God, where you are, Lord, that they might be there with you also. For those of us coming to you over and over and over again, I'm one of those people, Lord. You know that to be true. Lord, please forgive us and restore us to right relationship as well. Help us to follow you, Lord. Help us to live our lives from this point forward, leaving the past behind, accepting what happened. But God, but moving forward with you, Lord, in a way that brings you honor and glory. Help us to take our next step with you. God, if there's people that we hurt or people that wronged us, help us to be honest with those people, to have that good conversation that we might agree and that forgiveness and restoration might take place. Help us to walk with you, Holy Spirit. And again, take our next step with you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I love you guys. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.